G'day guys and girls and welcome to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, how you doing today buddy? Doing pretty well. Uh, I don't know, no real intro this week. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing. Um, I don't know, it's it's the last week of final um, regular rounds before we go into our second festival of footy, so that's kind of... um, concerning i know exactly why you're down and it's because i'm positive you're on the same uh, or you're in the same boat as me where a lot of your teams have not made finals this year i'm pretty sure i've got maybe two that have made finals <laughs> i think i've got my keeper league and that's about it yeah. i think i struggled in our redraft league and my salary cap team is just looking like a pile of garbage towards the end of the year i Stop paying attention to my salary cap side. <laughs> what like do you mean? Say that you're on a fantasy podcast. Um, yeah, be that as it may. <laughs> be that as it may. Um, it's it's really for for a lot of teams out there. It's been a struggle heading into these last sort of uh, games of the home and away season or the home and away fantasy season, I should say. But there are a ton of teams out there who are duking it out for top 100 spots. Yep. Who are duking it out for league finals positions. So we're going to make sure we run through the round as we do every single week. And give you guys the best possible options heading into round 15. So, should we do it? Let's do it. All right, let's hit it. So, the first game of last round was Hawthorne versus Essendon. Uh, look, Essendon got up in the end, but the Hawks did another one of those amazing starts to the game and just got run down. Um, mm. Yeah, second one this year from memory after the Carlton game as well. So, look, from a fantasy point of view, I mean, the big names really stood out here. It was Zach Merritt, Andy McGrath, Dylan Scheel. Uh, look, a lot of those well-known players, Joey Danaher came back from a... Uh, it was nice to see Danaher back. It was pretty cool. I Some didn't those... see any of the game because it actually was on while we were still working. It was. Um, the highlights were... It was good to see... in the afternoon Perth time which was a a little bit of a struggle to watch but you got the highlights every now and then that contested mark he took every goal he missed which was (laughs) unfortunate but look Ed he does have he's one of those rare key forwards that has fantasy chops when he's actually playing regularly and not uh, not injured Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up next year whether he stays at Essendon or if he goes to somewhere like Sydney no chance he's still at Essendon next year yeah so if he does end up at somewhere like Sydney or you know maybe even a Brisbane somewhere like that who are just calling out crying out for a key forward I mean Sydney especially Mm. that would be very interesting to see what kind of fantasy uh potential he might have from a redraft and even a keeper league point of view yeah i if you're not making finals and he's available in your keeper league i love him as a sneaky little waiver pickup yeah, um, i suspect most people will have already grabbed him up by this point but um yeah i i had him in my in our keeper league a couple of years ago when he was actually playing decently and he was really solid he was really good wasn't he um yeah. look the the major first major speed bump of the round was probably jordan ridley for a lot of salary cap players who only cranked out a 47 after being so reliable all season. Mm. Look, it sucks, it's unfortunate, but he's been that great. It, it's nothing to worry about. I have heard, I saw some people on Twitter, obviously, at the time with those rage trades, just going, yeah, he's the first one out, or, or he's on my uh, my trade yeah, list. As tempting as it is, at this time of the year, it's always I would always recommend not reacting after one bad game unless you see like a major structural change happening. Agreed. If he's just had a bad game, back him in to come good next week. Yeah, uh, but just keep an eye on some of those Essendon players. So they're coming up against, in the last few rounds, West Coast, Geelong, Port Adelaide and Melbourne. So aside from that last game, hmm. those midfielders might struggle for those that kind of level of points 
game to game, especially over the next West three. West Coast and Geelong. West Coast, Geelong, and or oh, who's the next one here? And Port Adelaide. So for those first two, it just really comes down to whether they can win enough of the ball because the they play keepies off. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So if they can if they can win the ball and use it well enough that they don't turn it over, then I'm they'll still score well, but. If they if they lose it, they're not going to get it back um, easily. Are Look, they? Let, let's just say I'm not rushing out to grab Essendon players at the moment. That's that's all I'll say here. Like I think that there are better options out there. If you don't already have these guys, obviously I'm not saying trade them out if you've got them. Yep. But I'm saying look at different options if you if you don't yeah. have them. But the one guy I, I would probably disagree with on that is Merritt because he has been pretty amazing the last couple of months. Merit, yeah, he has been been. Quite I think he's gone under eighty once in the last two months or so. Oh, sorry, not two months. Um, six to eight rounds, mm-hmm. however long that is in real time. <laughs> he has been fantastic. Um, all right, so we'll go over onto the Hawthorne side of the ledger. And James Warple, I mean, he was a big one that a lot of people were looking to trade in last week. Mm. He was stellar. So he was on just on 700k last week. He, that brings his average up to 80.4 for the season uh, after that 107 this week. Um, look, Hawthorne, who have they got? So they've got, uh, what, Essendon, who do give up some... Uh, sorry, they've just played Essendon then, apologies. They've got Adelaide um, next. Adelaide, then St. St. Kilda, and the Bulldogs, and then Gold Coast. All That's of those teams... That's a run, isn't it? All of those teams give up points. I love the look of James Warple if you don't have him. He's still only 730-odd K. Um, and probably more importantly, 2% owned. Yeah, we've got a couple of questions on him as well, so we can wait uh, until we get in deep dive into him until a little bit later in the podcast. But, yep, I really like just to say, really, really good option heading into this week. Um, Titch did what he always does, and Scrimshaw really starting to move into that, mm. uh, that reliable Sicily rebounding role, um, that plus six sort of a scoring position. Um, look, he did well last week, he did well this week. I'm not saying go out and pick him up, but I am saying that draft owners would be absolutely loving this right now that he's come good towards the end of the season. Uh, yep, agreed. <laughs> yeah, heading into finals. Um, look, there's not really too much, honestly, great to talk about from a Hawthorne side, uh, aside from those two players. Um, they will be getting back Jaeger O'Meara pretty soon, which will be good. Um, obviously, we mention it every week, and I can't not mention it again this week, but Chad Wingard just keeps breaking my spirit every time I watch him play fantasy football. Yep. Oh, my God. I mean, he had two set of bounces this week, and they were clearly being outdone in the clearances. So, you know, ah, just I say it every week. Maybe Clarko should have put him in there and tried something a little bit different in the middle, but no. I reckon that Clarko doesn't really care too much whether they're winning at the moment. No, I, I don't think he cares too much either, actually. So it's it, it will be very interesting to see what Clarko's coaching tenure looks like over the next couple of years. Uh, particularly since... Um Oh, what's his face? Kenneth said he was going to rerun for for president. Oh, yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, All right, so Richmond versus West Coast, the next game of the round. Richmond, way too good for West Coast at the end of things. Um, Look, the the Tigers obviously have never been particularly fantasy-friendly, but Basher Hawley, after his first game back last week, 98 this week. Didn't take him long to find us hit his no, straps. It was great, and West Coast do give up points as well to uh, to halfbacks. So it's an interesting one to note. Uh, he's got Fremantle this week, who give up a ton of points to halfbacks, and then he's got the buy where he's bringing in his massive average. 
So what's he actually averaging for the year? Uh, if you are just trying to find it, so he'll bring straight in for in two Ooh, weeks' time. And his he's average. only six hundred and ninety-four thousand at the moment as well. Holy, is he really? That's Has he fallen that much? I swear, six ninety-four. Wow. Okay. I think that bad that that lowest score he had first week back really plummeted his score. Wow. Interesting. So you're not exactly buying him on the cheap. He's still probably going to go down a little bit in cash, but you want to get him in for this week against Fremantle if you want to get him in. Yeah, absolutely. And his average is 78. 78, there you go. So he'll probably pump that up, pump up another 80 or so. So you'll be getting almost a guaranteed 80 in your backs the week after that. Yeah, average is uh, 93.8 pre-COVID versus Frio. There you go. Um, and then after that, so Geelong are tough, but they can give up a little bit too... Uh, defenders rather than midfielders, and then Adelaide in the grand and then final. Adelaide in the grand final. That's the big one. <laughs> I really like the idea of going out and grabbing Hooley this week. If you're looking for a defender, or if your team is completed and you're looking to upgrade someone who was quite poor for you last week, agreed. I do like that. Uh, Dusty was solid. Jaden Short again. Uh, good to see Jaden Short scoring well while Hooley's in the side as well. Um, yeah, interesting. So we had Hooley on 98, Short on 83. Uh, Vlosten 69, Baker 64. Baker touched the ball slightly less than he has been recently. Yeah. Um, but Bolter was the... Inter- I mean, you've spoken about Bolter quite a bit in the podcast from a keeper point of view. I do like Bolter. Really good stash. I mean, I don't oh, think yeah. he's available in too many out there unless you've got a very shallow keeper league, but a very good stashable option. I really like the... When he's in full flight marking the ball, really athletic, uh, he could be a very decent D for... D5 in future years and then potentially pushing that up to like a D3 if he really, really comes good as a fantasy player. Yeah, I get that 100%. Um, Okay, so is there anyone else from uh, Richmond that really catches your eye or it's just a lot of depth players from a fantasy point of view I would say there's there's a lot of those guys that you might look at as your you know last couple of places on mm. in your draft side but there's no one standing out from a salary cap point of view um, yeah look from a salary cap no one really jumped out at me um, as I said up up the top salary cap's pretty much dead to me at this point so <laughs> from a keeper perspective um, like the look of Thompson Dow when he got the ball um, only scored 37 with 12 touches, but um, looked to use it well and didn't look over overawed, mm, I nice, thought. Nice. So, um, yeah, hopefully see a few more games out of him next year. All right, West Coast, Andy Gaff, we mentioned him last week as starting to move back towards some respectable fantasy scores, and this is his first big one that he's pumped out in a while. For and me, it was good to see him doing this away from home. Which, he, well. which he was doing consistently mm. during the first point of the hub, and we brought that up last week. Yeah, and but I guess just his, his game style is built around those uncontested being on the outside and with the not playing at Optus there was that little bit of me that was a bit concerned about whether how much of the ball he'd actually get I was great great to see Luke Shuey as well was very solid Um, Duggan has Duggan's been a bit of a revelation in terms of fantasy scoring off of half back I mean I remember last year that he was just always that guy that you uh, sort of felt could be your sure. last uh, bench spot on a draft team. I'm pretty sure I've owned him like three times in our home keeper league and keep dropping him because he doesn't come good. <laughs> he came good this year. He's, he's, good doing, this year. he's doing very, very solidly for, for keeper and draft players in particular. Um, Tim Kelly had a whopping 24 centre bounce attendances this week. And that's what's picked his score up to 93. So he always has a decent amount of set of bounces, but he was put in there at almost every single opportunity. 
Um, West Coast have a lot of big games coming up that are going to define whether they get top four. I think he'll be used the exact same way. I don't think Tim Kelly will be rested much. So, oh yeah, I agree. He's, I can, he's playing centre bounce like the rest of the year. I can expect hit some decent scores from Tim Kelly for the rest of the year. Hopefully, no more of those thirties and forties that we saw over the past month. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, not not too much else really. Yeah. Bailey, Bailey Williams was pretty good on debut from a, a, a yeah. rookie point of view. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people bought him in or had kept him since the start of the year. Yeah, there were a couple of times I, I saw him um, fly for marks, competed well, so. Yeah, a cheapy um, for a salary cap. Um, still too raw for keepers or anything oh, else. Of course. So. Well, he's he's get, getting another game this week. So the Eagles have said that uh, you know they they announced the changes for tomorrow night's games. Yeah. Um, so Williams will get a second one. So if you did bring him in last week for salary cap, that's good. He might go up another fifteen to twenty k, and you can trade him out possibly the week after and just start to edge a lot of those like, midfield or defensive upgrades. Yeah. Um, look, not not too much else to speak about there from a West Coast point of view. Josh Kennedy being injured does restructure how their forward line looks. So mm. we, we mentioned that Oscar Allen, from a draft point of view, has been scoring quite decently in that second ruck role. I think he'll be doing a lot more of the full to obviously full-time <laughs> forward. Bailey Williams will be that second ruck, so be yeah. wary of those scores when yep. he comes back. Agreed. Um, all right, so the Bullies versus Geelong. This, this, this was a bizarre game. I, I mean, I kind of saw it coming to an extent. The Bulldogs just got out to such an amazing lead that I just didn't believe it. Yeah. And uh, I think every game I've watched this year where first quarter a team's blowing the other team out of the water, <laughs> it's like they just real, think that at quarter time the job's done. Because I can, like... Well, Hawthorne's bullies, done it twice. Hawthorne's done it. Um, Hawthorne's come back against Carlton doing it. I think Carlton's done it a couple of times, mm. actually. Melbourne's done it. It's... Um, Yes, I'm with you. You could almost see it coming from pretty early in the um, the second quarter. So, look, the, but there were some big scores still in here. So, from a Geelong point of view, Paddy Dangerfield really starting to do well. Uh, Tom yep. Stewart as well, proving that he's a top six back, no question. Look to get him in if you don't already have him. Cam Guthrie, not as amazing as he has been, but still an 83, which would have been a 100-plus he's score. well and truly doing the job. Oh, he's for, for everyone that picked him up off waivers in um, drafts, he's smashing oh, it. It's, it's probably one of the best moves you've made in your draft league all year if you manage to get Cam yep. Guthrie off the waiver list at the start. Yep. Um, look, there's not too much to touch on really here in the way of new... Options. Every, you, everybody pretty much knows the main guys, but Brad Close has gotten another thirty and looks like he probably might be dropped this week. He you did needs not for to go, a lot. Needs to go from your salary cap side. This is the week you need to uh, to reap the reward from his cash game. Yep, absolutely. He's got to go. Um, so the bullies. Um, look, Lockie Hunter. We've got a few questions on a little bit later, so I'm going to leave him <coughs> until towards the end of the podcast. But let's cool. just say he's looking fantastic. Um, the Bont with another 90 was outstanding. Jack mm-hmm. McRae, we know what he offers every single week. Um, look, the one they that... really fell off then. Yeah. A lot of guys did re- scored really well at quarter time and then did very little the rest of the game. Particularly looking at you, Josh Dunkley. Yeah, Josh Dunkley. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, he had an amazing start. He was incredible. And then was used in a weird forward... Rock hybrid role because only Bevo could possibly do Look, that. Clearly, Bevo is just thinking of us fantasy coaches next year, <laughs> where he's hoping that Dunks has the very first triple position <laughs> of Ruck centre forward. Ruck centre. I, I think honestly, there was a solid chance that he could have 
potentially rock centre. Hey, hey, we <laughs> talked about it last week. There is a if, really if this continues. There's a really decent chance. I actually did see on Twitter um, Fantasy Freako responding to someone saying that a player needs to spend 30% of time in the ruck to be classified as a ruckman by champion data. Oh, I'm not sure, actually. I'm not sure how much time he spent physically in the ruck. Because, yeah, and how do you define that as well? Is it 30% of the bounces he needs to attend? Because the most ruck roles really are you you take the bounce and then you move into the midfield. There's not a specific (laughs) ruck. Look, that's that's all I know. Yeah, interesting. um, it's going to be... Surely they have to do it just for a laugh. Next year. <laughs> I mean, I know I would. I'd get behind that. Um, all right, two players that I have to mention before we move on. Bailey Smith, who we pumped up last week after a good score. Mm-hmm. A roller coaster. This is another trough. So a 57 from Bailey Smith. And we sort of said that, look, he's cemented himself as a top six forward with that. That's really unfortunate, that scoring. It brings his average to 70, which he's got... The bullies have the buy this week. Yeah. So they're guaranteed their averages. I think 70 is enough to say, look, I'm holding you can, you can hold, no question. But I, I'm because not... Did, did we go through who he plays next? Uh, no, we haven't. So the Bullies have got... Uh, they've got the bye this week. Then they've got West Coast, Hawthorne, but they've got Frio in the grand final. <coughs> yeah, I'm keeping him. The Hawthorne and Frio games are going to be very, very interesting. I'm keeping him. Um, Frio in particular give up a lot of big scores. So holding him for that grand final match is going to be very important. The other one is Tim English, um, who, speaking of roller coaster, just had one massive peak over a few weeks where he was looking fantastic, middled out a little bit, and is now bottoming out towards the end of the year. Timmy time did not last long. No, it didn't. I don't know if it's because... Um, I, I put it down to the fact he's not actually being played in the ruck. Well, that's a good point. So, he's, like, if he's playing, from what I've seen of the game, he seems to be spending a lot of time up forward. He does, and he's being used almost somehow as a second ruck. Uh, yeah, it's very odd. Yeah, uh, yeah, so he's not around the ball. He's not necessarily playing that sort of link up, but or sweeping back behind the ball that you'd expect a ruckman mm-hmm. usually would. So. It cuts down his opportunity for plus sixes, which is where he gets a lot, a lot of points from, plus the odd tap out that he gets. So yeah. he's, he's just a priority to trade out if you do have him in salary cap. Um, yeah. So Port versus Sydney, which was the next game of the round. Port, obviously, they were they were just too good all game. They were very, yeah. very solid. Smashed them. Um, Robbie Gray was outstanding for draft owners. Ollie Wines, the same. And Charlie Dixon, back to his contested marking ways, was, was awesome. Um, I, I know that the commentators... Hype, hype about him so, so much. But there's not a lot of players more exciting to watch than Charlie in full flight. When he's on. When he's when on. When he's on. Yeah. He's pretty pretty good to watch. You, as long as he's not playing your team when he's on. That's the thing. Because when yeah. he does the, the full-on, you know, uh, primal scream after kicking a goal and he's playing against you, you just sort of sit there and shake <laughs> your head and go, son of a just bitch. shatters your soul. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, look, it's... It, I quite like him as a um, draft player from year to year because when he's on like this, he will win you games. Yeah, or he he would need to be that sort of last forward, maybe that second last forward you select depending yeah. on the depth of your league. But 
he does have the ability on a streamable match like this. You could yeah. always tell that Sydney were going to give up those points to a key forward. Yeah. Um, this would have been a very good option to have. Yeah. Um, and then the, the really respectable, reliable guys, Trav Boak and Tommy Rockliffe, getting about that 80 mark as well. And I think we've got to give a bit of an apology to Rockliffe because I think we wrote him off mid-season and he's actually been quite good he's since then. He's been very good pretty much since we wrote him off. So I'm almost going to suggest that we might have been behind that. But... He's, so Port have the buy as well this week. He's averaging what's he eighty four. Eighty four. So you'll be guaranteed an eighty four, which is which is awesome. You'd be very very happy with that. He's got a last five average of eighty eight point two, um, and he's yeah he's just been been very solid. After uh, the buy, he plays North Essendon and Collingwood, mm. and he's what's his price at seven hundred forty seven. Uh, interesting conversation between. I, I would mm. probably prefer someone like a Warple. You know, considering they're a similar price. Yeah. But again, we'll get into that a little bit later. We've got a lot of questions on Warple. Yeah, we said Warple had um, Adelaide final round, didn't we? He did, yeah. Yeah, that's a, bit, that's a big... Um, oh, no, sorry. Um, no, uh, let me have a look see who's got Adelaide in the final round. Adelaide have Richmond in the final round. Um, oh, okay. Then uh, it was Hawthorne have Adelaide this week. Ah. That's, yeah, that was the one. Um, so stra- straight up reward if you're bringing in Warple, basically, yeah. and well, compared to an, a guaranteed 84 from Rocky, that's that's what you're getting this week, mm. and you know you're getting it. You can bank those points. Uh, interesting, interesting yeah, conversation. I'm not sure where I land on that one actually. Mm. Um, all right, so uh, we've got you know the regular sort of guys at the back end as well. Um, look, it, it's all about the keepers, I think, from Port Adelaide as well. You've got guys like um, uh, Zach Butters, Connor Rosie, who will build back into some scores as his career moves on. Um, You've got Sam Powell Pepper, who really is a potential keeper league guy because he's, at some stage, the the Bokes, the Rockliffs, they're not going to be there anymore and they're going to need those inside contested balls. And that's pretty much Wines in number one, (laughs) Powell Pepper in number two. Um, yeah, agreed. Anyone else from Port, or should we move on to Sydney? I'm happy to move on. Um, oh, just to quickly say, a bit of a disappointing score from um, Carl Amon. Yeah. He's been pretty good this year. Um, he has, and a 41. And it seemed like he was everywhere early in this game as well, mm-hmm. so that's just a bit disappointing. Yeah. But really like what he's been doing this year. And another guy from a keeper perspective that you probably would have gotten fairly cheap. Exactly. Um, the, uh, the seagull that is Jake Lloyd, 120 from him, just... It doesn't matter how well Sydney do. He just dominates every single week. Um, yeah. JPK had a good game this week for draft owners. Uh, Jordan Dawson's been been quite solid the past two or three weeks. He has. This um, is what we I'm, sort of expected from him at the start of the year. Yeah. I mean, two <laughs> minds whether he's just lulling us into a false sense of security for this year or whether he's lulling us into a false sense of security for next year. Yeah. No. Probably the latter, I think. Look, the, uh, the two big ones I want to talk about are downers or for Sydney, and that was uh, Luke Parker and Jackson yeah. Thurlow. So Luke Parker, I don't know where this came from, this 58. This was really strange. So he was played up forward a little bit, but it was it seemed to be his normal sort of split, that 75-25 split between the midfield and forward line. So I, honestly, I think he was just very well controlled by whoever was manning him up in the midfield. Um, yeah, I didn't see much of this game, so I can't really comment on it, but... Um, yeah, I'm very disappointed with that score. No, it, I, our owners would be, but I, you would think that he would bounce back. 
The uh, the Swans have Melbourne this week, who can be pretty they lax with their scores, and they don't really man anyone through the midfield either. No. Um, they've got Carl- Colton after that, Brisbane, and then Geelong. So he's got a tough game in the grand final, to be honest. Yeah, he does. That's that's a bit rough, but I would still be suggesting hold him. There's there's, there's not too much of a stress with Lukey Parker. Uh, I'm going to take the other direction on that. I, you're going to you're going to get rid of him. I consider it. Mm. How much is he worth? He's probably not going to be worth anything. Uh, no, no, no. He's. I think this is his first sort of poor game, to be honest. I don't think he's done terribly. But, uh, but I mean, we've just been talking about a few of those other guys. And this may be a non-event because he's only owned by 2.8% of teams. Well, he's 738k, so he's the same price <laughs> as some of those other guys we have mentioned. I'd probably prefer the other guys at this stage, to be yeah, honest. You'd have to have a real luxury trade, though. Like, a real not-too-much-else-to-do-with-your-team. Like, hmm. um, no, I don't know, Haynes, who's been sort of average, sort of chugging along. I would prefer to get rid of him first. Um, if you've got someone like a... Uh, Paddy Cripps or you know you've got Angus Brayshaw and you still need to look to get rid of him at some stage yeah. and look um, to be honest like I said he's 2.8% ownership so it's really a, probably a non-event for anyone except for me and um, <laughs> I only have luxury trades because it doesn't matter what I do with my team exactly Well, and the other one I wanted to mention was Jackson Thurlow who a lot of people are holding at the moment we've got some questions on him later so I'll hold off on commenting too much hmm. but I'll just say that this was always going to happen. He was never going to average 80 for the rest of the year. We all knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And we know what we have to do as well. So we'll trade him. Yeah, call it. Get rid of him. Um, next game, Fremantle versus GWS. Uh, again, this was just one where GWS are too good in the end, um, particularly over that third quarter. And mm. look, again, Lockie Whitfield just running free and just dominating through the midfield, those plus sixes. Uh, Jeremy Cameron came good for probably one of the few times this year. Mm. Um, and again, Luke against Luke Ryan as well, who has been probably the best, or one of the best backs going around in 2020. Um, yeah, just the week after we pump him up as an option in salary cap oh, as well. Oh, God, he comes out God, and gets a, that. what was it, a 33? 33 Luke Ryan got. Now, I know obviously the great man uh, Destroy from Dream Team Talk uh, and the Traders... He unfortunately brought him in as well. I saw over Twitter and uh, traded out Jack Crisp, who we'll get into a little bit later. Oh. But suffice it to say, Jack Crisp had a very good game and Luke Ryan did not. So that's almost a 100-point swing, unfortunately. That sucks. Uh, but yeah, that that's just unfortunate. And look, going, going for... Uh, we know some of the other contenders from GWS. So you've got Hopper, who does pretty solidly every week for draft owners. Taranto's been in good form. We've got some questions on him later. Um, the big one's Riccardi. He's the hero we needed at this point in the year. Uh, the hero we don't deserve, but the hero we have. He is amazing. He is looking like a perfect fantasy forward because when he does get the ball like out on the wing or he's on a long lead, he'll do a little sideways or backwards chip and then break away into some more space to get the additional plus six. It's awesome to watch from a fantasy Perfect. point of view. Already up to 296,000 as well. He's What well, a champion. He, and that's a, and I think his break-even is negative 35 or something Negative still. 38, yeah. It's incredible. Carlton, Adelaide, Melbourne, Saints. I would suggest that... Look, Carlton are tough in the defensive line because they do have like they the Weatherings and, and Liam Jones, who's quite good <laughs> as well. But, you know, those guys really do have to look after Cameron and Himmelberg as well. Because Himmelberg, if he's just left with a, yeah. a third tall or a, you know, rebounding yeah. defender, he will get off the chain. Riccardi gets, um, what's number 20? Plowman. 
Plowman, yeah, true. So it, it might be a bit of a tougher game for him this week, but in saying that, I think he's still pretty safe for around about a 60. Yeah, so, I think so. Which almost, for me, if you've got a really underperforming forward, like I've got bloody Jack, <laughs> Chad Wingard still in my forward line, and I hate every second of it, I'm almost tempted to trade Chad Wingard, bring Riccardi onto the field, and then use that cash elsewhere to upgrade some of my other team. Love it. So love it. If if you've got an absolute spud like that still on in your teams in your forward line somewhere, bring Riccardi on and feel pretty safe about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm point. comfortable playing him at the moment. Um, I have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Haynes and Zach Williams ended up really sort of uh, look. They uh, junk time their way up to 69 points each, but uh, Nick Haynes was on about. 36 at three-quarter time, and Zach Williams was on about 45 at three-quarter time. So it it wasn't looking pretty for fantasy coaches at one stage. Was that just because Frio couldn't get the ball forward? Well, honestly, in that last quarter, Nick Haynes just got around for about, I think, 24 points in one passage of play. He just ran on for the entire procession of the ball up the field. Uh, what a champ. And But it was lucky he did that because he was pretty poor up until that stage. Uh, Lockie Ash so showed some more things from a keeper league and, and point so of view. Just to pause there. Yeah. We just ran through their next few games. It was what? Carlton, um, Adelaide, Melbourne, and St. Kilda. Mm-hmm. Two of those games, there's probably... Well, some of those games at least, there's probably not going to be a huge amount of requirement for him to actually lock down on forwards. No, I wouldn't suggest so, no. So, so he could really get loose and play that perfect intercepting role yeah. that he loves to. Yeah, well, basically, even then, so it's, you know, you've got Core mm. still in the mm. in the team, and they've got um, uh, Keefe as well, sort of, as the more key backs. None of those teams that they're playing have, a re- have you know, three strong tall forwards. They've got Melbourne, uh, Membry and... Uh, King at St Kilda for the grand final, yep. and Haynes will be able to get off the chain there. Melbourne barely have any key forwards, so they'll <laughs> get off the chain there. Adelaide have no one. Or well, Tex Walker. They got Tex. I do. I do show some respect to Tex. He's a, he's been a very good forward over these past few years, but they barely have a midfield, so they don't have to worry too much. Um, I'd be more worried about there just being no ball going into the back line in that game, to be honest. Uh, they they'll probably get enough off with of some... it to bomb it forward. Yeah, that's which the... suits him. Yeah. So um, I, I, if anyone is concerned about holding on to him, personally, I'd be hanging on to him at this stage. Yeah. Or I'm hanging on to him as well. Same with Zach Williams, who I bought in last week. And the other news is Josh Kelly is definitely out this week, so mm. you do have to trade him if you've got him in salary cap. At this pointy end of the season, considering he does not have a buy, you have to trade him. You can't leave him for a zero on the on, on yep. your bench. It's, Agreed. It's just not Agreed. Uh, not feasible. And once again, Mummy ruins it for us all. Oh god, Mummy was actually half decent in this game as well with a sixty-two. It was. Apart it was. from that, it was not great though. Um, so Fremantle, uh, David Mundy's just winding back the clock. He's like having Jam. a great year, and, isn't he? Andy Brayshaw does this pretty much every week now, and Chera has <laughs> he's really built really starting this year. to do well. Really starting to do well. Uh, but then massive drop off. So it's mm. ninety four from Chera, and then thirty points down to get to the next best player, which was Mickey Walters with sixty four. Barely anyone from Fremantle got their hands on the ball apart from those first three, and it's just a bit of a non event from there on in. 
Yep, pretty much. Um, um, Luke Ryan, we've already spoken about. Yeah. He's out this week as well, I think. Matt um, Fife is the quick one I want to touch on. So they, you guys have Richmond, or I say you guys because you are a Fremantle yep. fan, of course. Frio have uh, Richmond. Frio have Richmond. Then they've got Melbourne, North, and the Bulldogs. Now, realistically, that should be a pretty decent run. Richmond don't man mm. up much, and midfielders get points like we saw yeah. with West Coast. But what's the role is my question. So Fife has been playing a lot of time up forward, and if he's playing up forward against Richmond, that's a tough assignment with the, some of the guys that they've got back there. I reckon he continues playing up forward because it, it gives more opportunity for the young midfielders to grow and develop. Which means that translation, you have to bid him. If you've got him in salary cap, you have to look at moving him on because if he's playing up forward against Richmond this week, he's not going to score well. Yeah, I agree with that, I think. So if that's that's basically the case. If you've got Fife, I would be looking to trade him out for someone else. Um, and obviously, we, we mentioned Luke Ryan, but same for him because he has been confirmed as an out this week as well. So yes. that was that is just a horrible, unfortunate trade for anyone who bought him in last week and couldn't uh, reap the rewards of his amazing run. Yes. <clears throat> um, okay, so Melbourne versus St Kilda, the next game. This was probably one of the best games of the... Uh, the week. Mm, I quite enjoyed this In one. In terms of how close it was, but also it, it was a pretty you know grubby, messy affair, to be honest. Mm. There wasn't a lot of clean football. Uh, Melbourne got up in the end. Not a lot of great fantasy scores from Melbourne's side. Ed Langdon was the biggest with 97. May was was a, a, outstanding in this game. Yeah, uh, he does have the ability to do this. It just probably one, He's one of those streamable guys in... Uh, in draft leagues, but you never know the week he's going to go I would never have picked him to stream no. this week. See, that's the thing. It's There's streamable guys like Charlie Dixon we mentioned earlier, who you can comfortably predict when he's going to go well in a game. Stephen May, you can't. It's a bloody challenge. Yeah. Um, Clayton Oliver, Max Gorn, Petrarca, very solid as well. Good to see Gorn back. Yeah, Gorn was great back. Uh, the one I want to bring up was Angus Brayshaw. <laughs> <laughs> We've been puffing him up the past two weeks because he's looked good. Um, comes out with a 50. I'm still holding him this week because I've got other things to fix. And he's still got a break-even of... What was his break-even? I think it's around about 50 or something along those lines. Let's just double-check. His break-even is 63. That's attainable. attainable. He shouldn't lose too much cash, even if he has a poor game. But And there is a chance that he could go another 70 or 80. Yeah, I would be hanging on to him this week considering they are playing uh, Sydney mm-hmm. but if you don't have anything else you need to do I'm also happy yeah, to ditch happy to ditch him um, basically that's yeah. that's one of your luxury trades if, you're, if your team is done you're happy with everything else Angus Brayshaw is one that you can go yep let's upgrade you to someone else buddy yeah. um, Jack Viney uh, that would have sucked for people who've held on to him and he has been very solid this year a 46 heading into fantasy finals is not what you've asked for um, I think he will bounce back this week yes I would suggest um, okay the uh, I mean they're, they're playing Sydney who have been giving up some points correct so I think there's potentially quite a bou- quite a good bounce back game available for a lot of these guys um, St Kilda uh, Rowan Marshall was fantastic he's mm. one that I'm looking at desperately to try and get in as my second Ruckman in salary cap because I'm s- basically I was playing Bailey Williams this week on the field because oh. Draper was left out oh. hey I've still got Timmy so yeah well I, well, technically Bailey Williams outscored Timmy by about four points so I'm pretty damn happy with that um, 
Oh, well, now, we haven't got to him yet, but Grundy has looked really tired. He has looked tired. I mean, he still eked out a very, very respectable score this week, but he's not pulling out those massive Grundy scores. And Gorn also, he's just coming back from injury. Mm. That's a tough injury to get over. Yes, he did very well in this first game, but... Is he, you know, if Melbourne are starting to look like they might get towards that 8th or 7th position on the ladder, is he rested heading into those last, that first sort of mm. finals game so that he's fresh? I, it, it's tough to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see. Because Melbourne don't have any more buys before the end of the year either. No. So that will be very interesting. Although, in the grand final, he's playing Essendon and should get as many points as you can imagine. against. That's a pretty good match. Basically, Sam Draper. So that'll be a very healthy fantasy mm. matchup. Um, all right. So some of the other St Kilda players. Look, there there wasn't too much else to really cry out about. I think once you go past those top couple of guys for Saints, it's very much a draft heavy team. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the draft guys really disappointed this well, week. Well, I, I think there was that we talked about it last week, and the, uh, it might have been the week before <laughs> actually with our uh, top twenty one under twenty one podcast that we did, but. Caulfield and Clark. I, I, I watched a bit of this game and they they did exactly what we talked about in terms of uh, almost taking the ball off of each other um, in the way that they position themselves. So one mm. game Clark does well, one game Caulfield does well, but they don't really seem to have those matches where they both go particularly big. Yeah, and this week, um, I mean, you can say Caulfield went well, but no one really won this week. No, no. I mean, Caulfield, uh, Long got 57... Wilkie got 49, Patton got 47, and then Clark got 39. So yeah. really everyone just kind of <laughs> Everybody <sucked>. lost. <laughs> um, okay, so next game of the round, unless there's anyone else from St Kilda you want to bring up, Matt? No, no. I think I just listed all the draft guys anyway. <laughs> um, Carlton versus Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood just way too good in the end for this. And we mentioned Jack Crisp a little bit earlier. 116 from him. He looked like the old Jack Crisp in this game. I did watch a fair bit of this one. Mm-hmm. He was everywhere and he was calling for the ball. He was running into open space. Um, and then he was heading into packs as well and around the midfield like Jack Crisp used to do last year. So I guess the question is, do you think it's sustainable or was it just a one-off oh, good game? Jesus, I honestly, I have no idea. It's really hard to tell. So Jack Crisp is 627k. He is cheap as chips. He's averaging 71.3, which is not the worst for a defender, but it's definitely been dragged up by that 116 this week. Yeah. And he has uh, who have they got? So Brisbane by Brisbane Gold by, Coast. Mm-hmm, Gold Coast Port Adelaide. So Port Adelaide's going to be a tough one in the last round, but Gold Coast is very good. If he can have another good game against Brisbane, he's got the bye. Mm. I would not be bringing him in this week. I would be waiting to see what happens against Brisbane, and if he pulls out another big game, that sets a precedent, and you can grab him maybe the week of the bye and hope for like a 74, depending on what he scores this week. Um, I'd be comfortable with that in my back line, or grab him the week after the bye. Yeah, I... Agree with that. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, but Chris just looked fantastic. Um, yeah. Elliot, that, that's if you're interested in getting him. Yeah. I'm not convinced that I am. Mm. Mm. I, I I need to see another week of it. If if he does it this week against Brisbane, um, the way he played, I'm very interested. Um, Jamie Elliott, 103. He attended a lot of set of bounces and was playing a lot through the midfield. He's been doing that for a few weeks now. He looks quite good in there. Well, side bottoms out from mm. now on for the rest of the year. So. 
interesting proposition, but not one I'm looking at in salary cap. And he's, no. pre- he's almost definitely gone in all draft leagues, so it's really a mute point here. Yeah, for me, it's probably more interesting from a keeper perspective in terms of whether he he keeps this role moving forward in future years because he does give them something a little bit different in the midfield. Yeah. Um, and if he can keep his body right, um, it may elevate him to a keeper status for next year. Yeah, so we've got a... The, it was a really good game for draft leagues as well because it was about 11 uh, players who scored <coughs> over 70. Maybe 12 players who scored over 70 in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got Brody Grundy with a 90. We mentioned him. That was a very solid score considering... He's been average for the past two or three weeks. Uh, Noble, Phillips, Pendlebury, Adams, all scoring that sort of 75-plus. Um, Dacos has been so good this year from a keeper point of view. Love watching Dacos uh, play. Maynard was a bit down with a 68, but I don't think that's anything to worry about. That's a solid score for I a defender. I think Maynard was um, manned up on bets a lot from what I saw. So yeah, he, he was probably playing a lot tighter than he, he usually does. He was. He wasn't getting off the... Uh, off the chain isn't the right word. He wasn't allowing bets to get off the chain by moving into open space that much. Yep. Um, and look, apart from that, uh, we've, we've mentioned all those draft guys there. That's essentially Collingwood's uh, fantasy players that you would look to. Yeah. Everybody else is pretty average scores. Yeah, the only other guy I'll mention quickly, um, from a keeper perspective, liking what I'm seeing from Quaynor at the moment. Yeah, true. Yeah, 84 from him. Big. We always knew he had the... We always knew he had skill talent, and yeah. pace, but the question mark was always his ability to rack up the ball. This was a um, good game. I think from memory, like I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he's had a couple of decent games in a row. So, well, uh, yeah, definitely want to keep an eye on if he is available in keeper leagues out there. Um, a Carlton point of view, I mean, I mentioned Ed Kerno last week and the week before, and I've mentioned him a few times this year. He's been so bloody good. It is <laughs> not really funny, good. honestly. It's I, I just I'm going to bring up his stats quick. So he's 727k. Mm. Um, he's averaging dead on 80. For the year, wow! Um, which is so he's averaging a hundred for the year, and in the past three weeks he's gone one nineteen ninety five and one oh one. And yet he still always weeks. goes under the radar. Yeah. So that that's playing against pretty easy teams, yeah. realistically. So he's played against Collingwood, Gold Coast, and Fremantle for those big scores. Oh, yeah. But his run home is GWS, who can give up some scores. We saw that against mm-hmm. Fremantle to midfielders, Sydney, yeah. Adelaide. And then Brisbane in the grand final. Hmm, So he's playing three of the best teams for a midfielder to play against. GWS, Sydney, and the Crows in the next three. Very interesting. How much did you say it was? 727k. So he's he's slightly cheaper 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 than than like Warpool and that sort of thing. Look, you'd have to you'd have to have <laughs> balls some real steel. balls, but I'm actually looking at bringing him in this week because the only way I'm going to beat some of the guys in the few finals leagues I'm in in salary <laughs> cap is with a real point of difference, and he's got a big uh, ceiling on him, Ed Kerner. He can score very big. Yeah, I'm sold on it. Go for it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it because I've got too many other shit I need to sort out. Yeah. But I want you to do it, and I want you to report back next yeah, week. You've got. You've also got pride in yourself as a fantasy player, whereas I clearly don't this year because I'm potentially bringing Ed Kerno in. <laughs> hey, do you remember that? There was a, two, three seasons ago, he had, went on that run to start oh. the year, and he was like a top eight midfielder at the mid season point. Was, was and that then when he was a midfielder, or was that? Did he have forward status that year? I'm pretty sure he was a midfielder. Mm. I'm pretty sure he was a top eight midfielder at the mid season point. I do remember that. And then completely <laughs> fell away the second half of the year. So he's probably. That, apart from the fact that he's Ed Kerno and he's not like synonymous with fantasy. He's, he's not a sexy AFL player, but God, he can 
get some big scores for you fantasy wise. When he's in the right role, he really wrecks it up. Um, all right, so Will Setterfield. This was really good for. So this is another guy in keepers that I let go, uh, adding on to the Nick Caulfield incident that I've mentioned <laughs> on this podcast before. And you uh, spent a first rounder on him in our home league last year as well, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did. And, and you let him go after one year. Well, he sh- because he showed absolutely nothing, and my team was contending at that. But really, stage. I feel like this isn't just an indictment on your ability as a coach. Oh, you didn't I, back him in, and I brought in Ro- Ro- uh, Rory Sloan as well I, from a trade with you in order to do that. Really? Really, I've got to be questioning your credentials to be on this podcast right now. Oh, come on. This is the guy who traded out Brayshaw like two, literally half an hour before he, he turned the corner it with his ball. It was like half an hour as well. It was on the day of the game, which would have been even worse. Yeah. Um, okay, so going through some of the other players, Doherty's been solid. Paddy Cripps with an 80 was very good. Um, look, there's, there's not too much else to report in from a, a Carlton point of view. Paddy Dow was back for them, but only managed Ooh, at 38. Yeah. Not good. Um, I, I hope he holds his spot, though, so we can have like a Dow off to finish the year. <laughs> I don't know what Dow's future is from a keeper point of view, because he would have been on a lot of keeper lists given his <clears> early <throat> yeah. uh, draft position and also his uh, ability. We had him rated quite highly in our um, under whatever it was, uh, like two, three years ago. Yeah, we did. But he really hasn't progressed. I think part of that is probably the... Like, he plays inside mid, and he's quite small in stature. Yeah. It hasn't stopped other players, but I don't know. It Maybe it's holding him back a little bit. Also, probably the fact that Kurnow and Murphy are playing a lot of minutes. Like, is does he need to wait for some of those guys to retire? And will he explode in, like, his fifth or sixth year or something? Yeah, who knows? It'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we, we've seen um, uh, one of my much maligned early picks uh, from that draft year, actually. Um uh, LDU. I was going to say, if you Luke, say LDU, Davis Udiaki. I mean, he's finally starting to come good. He's actually uh, in the next game. When you we, say come good, you mean he's picking himself up off the scrap heap. He is just waving a hand to let everyone know he's still alive. But he was actually being paid attention to at stoppages <clears throat> by Gold Coast this week. That's odd. Just in I itself. Mean, they were actually putting in negating efforts to LDU at stoppages. That was really, really odd to see. At the risk of sounding you know, insulting to North Melbourne. <laughs> but, well, they, they didn't have... Well, for some reason, uh, bloody... Um, oh, who, who am I thinking of here? So they were paying attention. Sean Higgins was played off of a wing and not played through the centre at all. And Sean Higgins barely touched the ball because of that. I mean, they've got to try some different stuff. So they they maybe, do. Maybe doing that does free up a bit of time for LDU to yeah. play through the middle and develop a little bit more. Right. So. I think they've just sort of given up the ghost in terms of finals and obviously and they're just playing the youngsters which is a good position to be in for them but anyway back to Dow (laughs) Uh, yeah so we've already gone through that it's no go for keepers unfortunately if you do still have him as that deepest stash sort of position just get rid of him Um, alright anyone else you want to talk about from Colton or should we move on to the last game let's move on to the last one so we can talk about LDU properly oh the smashing that was 91 to 28 Gold Coast could have Done even more than that after kicking 12 goals and 19. Um, look, Benny Ainsworth, you know I've got a man crush on this guy, and he could be very, very big. <laughs> He's I, looking really good at the moment, isn't I he? I saw one of the boys from the uh, Keeper League podcast um, actually saying that Ben Ainsworth could and should be a top five forward next year, which made me laugh very hard because that's not going to happen. But he could be a very solid draft forward. He could be sort of, for his career, sitting around that top end of the top 10 forwards. 
So maybe, maybe around that eighth, ninth sort of position. I mean, I think it depends on the role he plays. And over the last few years, he, it's he's kind of been a bit limited to playing that small forward role because he's had issues with his injury. Yeah. Issues with his injury. Issues with his body. He hasn't really been able to get continuity throughout the season. But he's been fit this year. He's had a good preseason. Yeah, he's had some poor games. Like he's had some still like some scores in the thirties <clears throat> this year. I think he's actually had back to back thirties heading into this week. Yeah, but you watch him during the game. He's playing a lot more up the ground. He than, was getting a lot of a high half forward marks. Yeah, I mean he's done that in the past a few years ago, and he scored well when he has. But he hasn't been as consistent as I've seen this year. And it's it, well, it's just interesting to see also as Gold Coast progress, and we've mentioned this, yeah. as they get the ball more into their forward line, those forwards are going to come good. So Isaac yeah. Rankin was incredible in this game, and once the midfield really starts to to like blood itself, and you've got more games into Anderson, <clears> into uh, <throat> into Raul when he's back, you've got Took Miller still there, Greenwood will still be playing. That's going to be a great midfield pumping the ball up forward. And yep. those guys will get a lot more points. So Gold Coast forwards in two to three years could be very hot commodity in draft leagues. Yeah, particularly the lead-up ones like Ainsworth will be. Like an Ainsworth, exactly. Um, and I think Ben King could turn himself into one of those key forwards who have potential <laughs> as that last sort of draftable spot he for forward lines. He could be a streamable lines. type forward, perhaps. Mm-hmm. He could be more than that, honestly. He could turn himself into a Joey Danaher type who deserves that sort of bench spot in draft leagues. I reckon we're probably a couple of years away from there. But. I agree. Two to three years, I would suggest. Um, so, some of the other guys. Unfortunately, Jack Lacocious just didn't have much of a run on the ball this week. But I think that was given the, <clears throat> in part due to the fact that North Melbourne barely got it down there. Yeah. So, he wasn't needed. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, that's really... I, I don't want to read too much into this game because it was such a smashing. Um, and we'll do that on the same side, the, the North Melbourne players... Barely anyone got their hands on the ball. Only two people scored over 70. But most importantly, one of those players was Luke McDonald, who is... The bearded wonder. Well, he's the best defender going around at the moment in fantasy football. He's killing it. He is absolutely amazing. Just do anything you can to get in Luke McDonald. Oh, here's a question. Mm. Uh, we mentioned Hooley before. Um, mm, yes. With six, 697k or something like that. I'm going to bring up the stats for McDonald just now. He cost 773k, and he has the buy this week, so he's getting 73 uh, points dead on, um, considering he had a pretty poor start to the season. Um, but his, uh, so his last few weeks have been, since round 9, 118, 83, 123, <coughs> 88, 121, 86. He has not gone under 86. Yeah. So I'll... Jump ahead to what I know your question is. I'm bringing Hooley in this week. You're saving the extra cash. I'm saving the extra cash because Hooley will go up in price. McDonald's price, uh, it will go up actually because they, they do take the buys into account. They do. they do. But yeah, I'll save the cash. I'll bring Hooley in and I'll try to bring McDonald in at a later point. Yeah, agreed. I like that. Um, and then there's really not too much else to talk about. Goldstein was a little disappointing with the 63, but in this sort of smashing, you might expect that. Jai Simkin was another one who, liked Bailey Smith, we sort of thought he might be coming good and cementing himself as a top six forward, but that was that sort of uh, 61 is is average at best. The forwards mm. have been very hard to predict this year. Aside from the, the top-line guys, like your Whitfields, um, Petrarca. Your, your Petrarca, uh, Dusty, um, it, coming it, good at this late point of the season. It does sound like... I mean, it, it does feel like every week we talk about Andy different... Yeah. Every week we talk about different 
forwards in that top six discussion. And it changed. There's yeah, three or four guys that are consistent, but then the bottom, the number five and number six position changes week to week. It it's does. Quite frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. And I think some of the guys that we talk about, they're going to be there next year. Mm-hmm. They probably won't have forward status, but they're going to be. We're probably going a year early on them. Yeah, well, there's, with consistency point of view. There's five players in there that you want, which yeah. is Whitfield, Brayshaw, um, Zorko, Petrarca, and then probably Dusty for me is that fifth player. And then sixth is just up in the air. I don't know who's that next best one to bring in. Yeah. Um, so if you've got that lineup of those five, well done. You've, you've smashed it probably for the year. If yeah. you don't, like me, who only has three of those, um, you're struggling. Um and, and yeah, I, and we talked about it actually. I'll just touch on it quickly because I know hmm. I want to move on to some of these questions. But we talked about it last year saying that we would struggle for forwards next year. I don't think Zorko will be a forward next year. I think he'll lose it and be a midfielder again. Um, Jai Simkin will be a midfielder. Bailey Smith will be a midfielder. Um, Dusty Martin will he potentially be... Potentially he'll be a forward, but Petrarca will be a midfielder. Yeah. Oh, Actually, Petrarca's another one of those ones who has a chance. So of those sort of big... Well, Whitfield's going to be a defender. He's not going to be a forward next year. And Andy Brayshaw's going to be a midfielder, no question. So of those big five, only two of those have the potential to be forwards next year. So that's going to be another interesting question of... There's no consistently good forwards. (laughs) It's all just about midfielders from the previous year who have played a little bit in the forward line. Or it could be what happened this year where it's young midfielders who are taking that step up and have forward status for one last year. Yeah, true. Yeah, so. Because that's, that's what's happened this year. It's those guys who are taking the step up to like elite fantasy levels. Mm-hmm. Or not, they're stepping towards elite fantasy levels, let's say. And we're getting them in their final year of having forward status. We, we it's might. just a case of being able to identify those guys pre-season next year and jump onto them. Early. I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the preseason podcast. Some of the guys who'll have forward status next year that are looking to break out into those midfield roles. Those are the guys that you want in your team. I'll tell um, you right now, it's not going to be Wingard. <laughs> it's definitely not going to be Wingard. Jesus. Um, so I think that's all I really want to uh, take from the North Melbourne side of things. We already touched on Luke Davies Uniaki, who was poor in this game, but is showing some signs for keeper owners. This is a keeper point only. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's been a little bit there's been signs of life from an eye test perspective I haven't looked at his numbers enough to make any comment from from like a numbers perspective but the eye test there's some slight signs of life yep there's a hand waving at the bottom of the the scrap heap (laughs) alright so I think we might dive into some of the questions after we've just finished up the round there um, and we've yep. got a few this week, so we'll take our time to uh, to try and get through and answer as best we can. And don't forget, everyone out there, we can always be reached on Twitter at ExtendedBenchAU. We're always happy to help, uh, even if it's before the podcast, you know, uh, before a game, if you're looking for some streamable options, um, just send them through. Uh, so the first question this week is a nice, easy one from Kyle at Dynamite Dons, who says, Hunter versus Warple. Alrighty. Yeah, so that's that's a tough one for me because we've already mentioned how good Warple has been and has a great run, but Warple does not have a bye. So, um, Hunter this week has the bye, and he is averaging 
absolutely amazingly. He's averaging 95.3 for the year. That's a guaranteed 95 on field for you this week. That's amazing. But... He's only played like six games. He's played six games. (laughs) I was going like, how the hell is he averaging that? (laughs) He's played six games. He had a 71 in the first round. And since then, he has not gone below 95 in the games he has played. Now, like I said, he's mm. got he's got the buy this week. He's going to be guaranteed that ninety five for you, but he costs you just over eight hundred k. That's eight hundred and six thousand, and so that's seventy five thousand more expensive than Warple. Uh, sixty thousand, sixty thousand. Is it sixty thousand? Oh, it is Warple's sixty thousand forty. Oh, I, I'd be going Hunter for me. <clears throat> Who does Warple have? Warple's got Adelaide. Adelaide, yeah, we, Saints, Bulldogs, Suns. Jeez. It's a tough one. And uh, the Bulldogs have West Coast, Hawthorne, and they've got Frio in the final. So that's a nice grand final game. Hawthorne's also a very good game to have. Uh, West Coast is going to be a little bit tougher when he comes back from the bye. But again, they don't really man up. They mm, don't. They'll, yeah. they'll play Andrew Gaff off of Hunter all day and just back themselves Yeah, they'll in. line up next to each other at the start of the game, shake hands, and then won't see each other again. <laughs> um, which could be great. I'm backing in Hunter. I'm going Hunter all the way. Um, if you can get that extra 60,000... If you can it, which is the real kicker... Yeah, Hunter. Yeah. I think. So I He's think, also got more runs on the board. Yeah. I think this leads me nicely into the next question as well, which is from Anthony at uh, Tone McNugget, which is a <laughs> great handle. How was it? Um, Anthony at... Hmm. At Tone McNugget. Um, he's asked Warple versus Toronto, um, and he's backed that up with no Kelly and a good run home. So the run home for Toronto, we've mentioned that before, is Carlton, Adelaide, Melbourne, St Kilda. Um and seven nineteen thousand. He's cheaper than a lot of them, and he does have no Kelly, so there won't be that extra midfield competition for him there. He'll be played much more through the midfield. He's he's Ooh. spent enough time back from his uh, from his injury. He's had a ninety this week as well, Toronto. Yeah. Oh, so I want to rank all three of those guys actually, and I've already said that I rank Hunter first above, or up, at least above. Warpool, and I think I'm still backing him in above Toronto if you got the extra cash. Yeah, I am as well. Yeah? F- yeah. For me, it's Toronto v. Warpool. All right, I'm backing in. Oh, I'm backing in Warpool because I love the fact that he's playing it out. I love his run. His, his run home is better than G- GWS has a good run home. GWS has a really good run home still. That Carlton, Adelaide, Melbourne Saints. Yeah. <sighs> I think. Oh, jeez. Adelaide this week, though, against Warple. And then St. Kilda, Western Bulldogs, and Gold Coast in the grand final. Pretty juicy. The fact that. So they both play. I'm going going Warple ahead. Yeah, because. Because, yes, Taranto has no Kelly this week. This round, but I don't know how long Kelly's going to be out for. All right, I've got I've got a scenario for you. If mm-hmm. so, depending on what you're looking for. So, if you're looking for a league win, <clears throat> yep. um, if you are the underdog heading into your matchup, go Toronto because there's a high likelihood that the other guy will own Warple. He is actually decently owned after the past couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. will be more decently owned this week because I know that the traders have been pumping him up. Yep. So he will so have. You're going point of difference. I'm going point of difference. He will have a very decent ownership. A counter argument: Do you want to 
get rid of that point of difference and have a different one? Mm, well, it's he's playing Adelaide potential. So he's he's at five percent ownership now. James Warple, five um, percent versus Toronto, two point eight. Who two point eight? There you go. So he's owned by less than half the teams. Um, yeah, and if you are looking to be safe, if you're already somewhere inside the top one hundred, you'd be going Warple. But if you are sort of sitting around about that one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty mm. mark, looking to break in, that's when you could go Toronto and really just try that extra point of difference to push yourself ahead. So it's it's really the risk versus reward. If you need to take that risk, go Taranto. If you're looking a little bit safer for whatever you want to achieve, go Warple. That's I how agree I with it. the theory. I think that you're using the wrong players in it, though. I'd be right. backing Warple in to outscore Taranto this week, mm-hmm. and I'd be looking to make my point of difference a different player. All right. Interesting. Okay. Well, we've got a point. Of di- we've got a uh, difference of opinions there, but I hope that helps you out there, Anthony and Kyle. So, so in terms of ranking those guys, for me, I'm thinking I'm going Hunter, Hunter Warpool, Taranto. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm doing this. See, I, I'm doing Hunter, and then it's close a, between Warpool and Taranto. Yeah, though. yeah. I, it's very dependent on your situation, but I'll just put Warpool ahead um, at number two. Uh, okay. So the next question comes in from Dudders. Who mm-hmm. said, uh, should I just trade Josh Kelly to Hunter and take the 95 average or go warps and use the extra coin to get Hooley rather than Haynes for Thurlow? Oh, I'd go Warple and Hooley over Hunter and Haynes. All right, so we're going Kelly to Hunter or go to warps. So, so it's, 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 it's to either Hooley. Yeah, so it's either Kelly. Uh, so it's either uh, Hunter, Hunter and, and Haynes or Warple and Hooley. Warple and, and Hooley. Warple and Hooley, no question. Easy one. Yeah. Um, he could also get Gaff or Taranto instead of Warple, but we've already said we rank uh, Warple ahead. Yeah, and agreed. they have better runs than Gaff does heading into finals. Hooley, so Hooley's the kicker for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> next question comes in from Goonbag Fantasies. Again, the best name in fantasy footy who says, thoughts on keeping Gus Brayshaw and Thurlow for another week while trading Bailey Smith to Zorko or trade both Brayshaw and Thurlow to Haynes and Taranto means I take a 70 from Smith. I think that's obvious. That you trade Brayshaw and Thurlow and you bring in Haynes and Taranto. Um, yep. I think Taranto is going to be very, very good. He's going to get you much <clears throat> more than Brayshaw would. Yep. And Thurlow, you're going to have to update, upgrade at some stage. And Haynes is still a very good option in defense. He might not be the best one. You might have wanted to get maybe a Hooley or someone like that, but Haynes is still very solid and much more solid than the Thurlow. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I've got no faith in Hurlow's scoring ability. So, yeah, definitely would be going for that. Um, Anthony Alul asks, thoughts on Ben McAvoy? So, look, mm. <laughs> I, I had a very interesting one with Ben McAvoy because I, in, in one of our... Accidentally bring him into a league or, or No, no, in one of our leagues, I had him in... <clears throat> Excuse me, as um, uh, he was my cover for Max Gorn over the past couple of weeks, and he's mm-hmm. been very, very solid. I didn't realize the early cutoff time for the first game of the round. Gorn was stuck as my ruck bench, and <laughs> I had I was forced uh, I, to play Ben McAvoy again, on the field. Rapidly losing faith in your ability <laughs> to host this podcast. Um, so we, I was forced to play Ben McAvoy. And it didn't end up as horrible as I thought it was going to be. Like, don't get me wrong, Gorn still outscored him. I always knew that was going to be the case. But 
Ben McAvoy ended up getting, what did he have? He had a 74 and an 84 the week prior to that as well. Respectable. That's very respectable. Um, no, I wouldn't be looking at Ben McAvoy. Is the long, is the short answer to that question. So we're looking at his... So <clears throat> This is from salary cap point of view, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So he's 500k, um, give or take. I'm just trying to check and see... Because we're talking, you were talking up Rowan Marshall as a potential R two previously. Yep. He's an extra two hundred k. So if somebody has a call it a Tim English or someone that they're stuck with and they mm-hmm. or, or they're wanting to make some money, maybe I wouldn't even do that to be honest. No, I, I don't no. know if I'd go like Tim English is not doing well at the moment, but week to week he could still outscore Ben McAvoy depending on the role that they're played in. Uh, ben McAvoy. Played amazingly as an intercept marker, marker in defense. Do not get me wrong. <clears throat> but, I mean, I, I just don't see him doing that every single week. I it's They've got a good mat, run, uh, run home, I guess. Obviously, they've got Adelaide this week who will pump the ball in forward. Yep. And they don't have those key backs. I, I just don't feel comfortable having Ben McAvoy in a salary cap team. I, I, yeah, look, I, I agree. Um, but... <laughs> All right, would you yeah, have... yeah. I, I can't see a situation yeah. where I'm, I'm playing McAvoy with any real level yeah. of comfort. Anthony, it just depends who you're trading Ben McAvoy uh, from. So if you are <clears> trading <throat> someone like Tim English, I could get that conversation. But if you're looking at maybe a Sam Draper, who's still like in your second position once he comes back this week, I I'm, might, I'd rather Draper. I'd rather Draper because you're spending way too much cash to get there. So, yeah, it's. I, I would just stay. I wouldn't be looking at Ben McAvoy. No. Um, all right, next question comes from Tyson Parcell, who says, I have Jack Steven, took his 110 <clears throat> and then his 57. Do I just leave him for his 69 by average or move him to Warple? <laughs> uh, move him to Warple I if you can. I would be moving him to Warple, I yeah. think. And, unless you've got a lot of de- other desperate issues, like if you've got rookies still on the field, I would be looking at bringing in Warple this week for them. Yeah. Um, and nothing too exciting about the run home. Essendon, Richmond, Swans after that bye. Mm-hmm. Swans is good in grand final week, but <clears throat> yeah, I'd rather go Warps. Well, Jack Stephen, even though he's got the bye this week, is every likelihood to rest the weekend of the grand final anyway. So that's, you know, Jack Stephen's been rested quite a lot this True. year. True. Um, so next one from Craig who says best mid between Hunter Warple Toronto Matt Crouch and Gaff uh, current plan is to trade out Sorong and play Riccardi which allows for Thurlow to go to Hawley and Viney to a top midfielder love the plan love it um, well you already used <coughs> him so I went Hunter Warple Toronto I would prefer all of those over Matt Crouch and Gaff um, yeah. for me and I would rank Gaff ahead of Matt Crouch I'm just going to quickly check Crouch's scores, but yeah, I agree. I think this year we haven't seen... Crouch has been very, very solid, but yeah, I... Yeah, I was going to go with Gaff. Um, So his scores haven't necessarily been at that real high uber elite level that we've come to expect from him, so... Plus, Gaff is $60,000 cheaper than Matt Crouch. Matt Crouch is 110k and uh, Andrew Gaff is 750k. I'd be going Gaff every day over, the, over you, him. How much did you say Crouch was? Crouch is 810. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so Crouch <clears> would be <throat> my last position or my last guy I would list. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, so uh, we've got a couple of questions. <laughs> the last few questions from a uh, friend of the podcast, Brody, who uh, the first one says, I'm in a contending team <laughs> with Patrick Lipinski. 
Going for the win this year, do I suck it up and hold or look to trade? What player or pick should I look at if moving him? Jeez, I... This, this is a really tough one for me to answer. You might have to step in because I have no faith in Patrick Lipinski. I wouldn't... If I... If, if Brody did offer him to me, I would not take him. I would not <coughs> really take him for anything. I wouldn't give him a pick, even a, a latish pick, because I think that he would just, in a keeper league particularly, he would be dropped. And in a redraft league, there's no guarantee he's going to play any week this year. Um, I tend to... <clears throat> I would give up something really late for him in a keeper league. Like if you got, say, <clears throat> uh, say you do a top-up draft of eight picks like we do, would you give up that um, eighth round? Yeah, I'd give up an eighth yeah, round. Yeah, eighth, eighth round or something like that. Because... But I, would, I wouldn't give a fifth round. I don't... No, me neither. I, I, I might give a sixth round, potentially, Maybe. but even then it would be... Because <clears throat> when you think about a keeper league, that's someone that you have to keep in your side to justify that trade. So you would have to keep him in your, your yep. top team, not drop him, and then you're losing out on that draft pick. I honestly... Yep. I, I would give up probably a sixth rounder onwards because Lipinski's better than anyone you're getting in the draft at that point, and he has upside. Yeah, potentially. I'd... And if someone else in that Bulldogs midfield goes down with a season-ending injury, which we obviously hope doesn't happen... Mm-hmm. That may free up more time for him to play a better fantasy-friendly role. They just don't have any young or any old midfielders, really. No, they Their don't. oldest midfielder is the Bont, so <clears throat> you're relying on injuries. You yeah. need an injury to happen. Yeah. Or Beverly doing are... something weird with yeah. players in positions. Exactly. So I, but I, I agree. There's very little um, trade value there for yeah, him at for, the moment. For me, it's look to trade if you can get anything at all. Otherwise, you may have to even take the value off the waiver list if there is some <clears> and just drop him. Um, for um, yeah, it's, it's, it's more difficult because he's contending as well. If yeah. he wasn't, I'd probably suck it up and hold. Exactly, contending <clears throat> a bit more difficult. Yeah. It depends if you're going to get someone better off the waivers or through trades. Agreed. Um, okay, so uh, next question from Brody says: uh, Chase Jones, <coughs> Harry Schoenberg, uh, Schoenberg, sorry, uh, Jack Bytel, Paddy Dow, and Jake Stringer have received large centre bounce attendance numbers at times. Uh, with very little fantasy success, how do you rate them as keeper prospects given these low scores? We've talked about Paddy Dow, and I've said flat out no. He just does not look like a fantasy player, and he doesn't look like he's fitting into Colton's mix. Yeah, uh, especially while Kurnow and Murphy hang around. Yeah, um, so it's yeah that's going to be the, the test. While those two sort of aging <laughs> stars are still there, yeah. when so, they go... Maybe, but but even then they got they've got stockers still to come through. Yeah, they've got other young guys, and they're going to you know finish mid table. They're probably um, going to take another name? midfielder. Kemp, um, Kemp has is going to come back from injury. There's talk that they're going to get Zach Williams this year. Who yeah. I can guarantee, given their you if know they get him, players, play him the they midfield. might play him through the midfield. Um, yeah, it's going to be yep. tough. So, so no Paddy Dow. Yeah, not massively interested in him. Not interested <clears> in Jake Stringer either. Um, um, yeah, two hit and miss. Uh, we, we do not like the Stringer Coaster. I don't really rate Chase Jones as a fantasy player at this point in his career. Either, he may get there one day, but I just don't see it at this stage. Either do I, and he's at probably the worst. Te- oh, he's at the best There's team because he's going to get opportunity, but at the same time, I never really rated his fantasy output. Um, Harry Schoenberg, I love I love I think Schoenberg. It's Schoenberg. He is, is it Schoenberg? Okay. No, not no E. It's Schoenberg. Schoenberg. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. All right. All right. If I'm trusting the commentators. I, well, I'm going to find out at some stage. Someone but yeah, I'm pretty sure there's no 
N in the middle there. All right, so he's he's going to be very good. He's an accumulator. He was always an accumulator at underage level, and I I'm sick of people saying this because I said it a million and one times um, in, in some of our early podcasts, and it's just ingrained that he played against those those large bodies at <laughs> Sample level when he was still heading into yep. an AFL. Uh, you know, into the AFL draft. He's going to be very, very good. Yeah. Um, and then Jack Bytel. Um, haven't, no, I haven't seen, seen enough. And he's, yeah, he's sure. coming off of injuries. The a Saints, really major injury. I think it was his back. It was a back, back injury. Bro- broken? Mm-hmm. Um, so he does have potential. <clears throat> I would probably, honestly... I'd have him second I'd have him stage. second, yeah. I'd have um, Schoenberg. Uh, Bytel. Bytel. Probably Chase Jones next, purely because I really don't like Dow and Stringer. And then I'd have Dow and then I'd have Stringer after that. That would be I'd my order. I'd probably have Stringer headed Dow at this Ooh, point. Or you do not like Dow. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I could but take for 50, me, 50 Realistically, um, Schoenberg and is the one I'm interested in. By tell a little bit of interest because there's just that... Just that hint of you're never quite sure what he's going to do, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot more sample size needed there. Yeah, agreed. Okay, and that's that's all the questions for this week. Thank you so much, everyone, for sending them in. We love hearing from you, so make sure to keep them coming. And that's our podcast for this week. Thanks. Awesome. Cheers, everyone, for joining us. We we on to special topics next week? We will be, yes. So we will be sending out a special uh, topic ideas sort of tweet. We've got a yep. few plans for some uh, for yep. some special podcasts during the Festival of Football yep. because we can't really review a whole round when you've got this mix-up. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yep. I'm pretty sure that the next round actually ends around about Friday or something like that. Yeah, we'll and be midway through round 16. 16. So we, we can't really do a full <clears throat> review there. So we will be mentioning a few highlights um, mm-hmm. But we'll also put a call out for what you guys want us to talk about in our special edition of the podcast. Yes, next I've got week. some ideas that I'm excited about. Talking <laughs> I know, about. I'm excited too. So we can't <laughs> wait to see you again next week. We hope you have a great weekend of Fantasy Footy. If you're in finals, if your finals start this week, good luck. Hope you have some big scorers out there. And if you, your finals start next week, hope you can have a great run in in round 15. So we'll catch you next Monday. Catch you.